This is Raspberry Lemonade, the Arnold Palmer of podcasts, a refreshing dive into the stories of industry professionals, both sweet and sour. And now your host, Mr. Levi. And we are back on Raspberry Lemonade. How are you doing today? It's a wonderful day. Wonderful day. Wonderful cloudy day in Southern Rainy too. California. A little bit of rain. Yeah. We yeah. have Martin Ford on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Levi. I heard Thanks you. for having me. Of course, man. Thank you for coming. Of course. Um, I heard you were doing exercise this morning. How was that with I'm the weather? Always doing some exercise. So it was great. You know, it's uh, it's nice when you get something, some different weather here, a little bit of cloudy weather, cool, cool air. Um, it just smells better when it's outside after a nice fresh rain. So it's all about the little things, you know, Levi definitely does. It's, uh, you breathe easier. Yeah. You have a better view of the city, the mountains, completely, all that stuff. But uh, yeah, again, thank you for coming on and let's get right into it. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about what you do for your business or uh, for work, et cetera. Cool. I'll try to be succinct here. So, hey, everyone. My name is Martin. Um, my business is something called SB9 LA. So, SB9 is a new law which passed in California. Uh, passed in 20, just the very beginning, uh, late 2021, and just took effect this year in January of 2022. And this law is really interesting for real estate investors. It lets you take any single family lot in California. And that lets you split that lot um, and build up to four units per lot. And so it takes any existing single family lot in California and you can turn it into a quadplex. And so, again, being a brand new law, um, I've met maybe three people and I haven't even met them in person who have actually taken advantage of this law. And I am one of the first, if not the first people to take advantage of it in L.A. So hence the name. SB9 LA. Um, I focus on SB9 single family two unit conversions in the city of Los Angeles. So that's real estate business. Um, I also have a W2 job. I think it's important to have both, especially as you're getting started. It should be noted, and we can dive into this a little bit later, Levi. This is my first deal. And so I'm brand new to all of this. Um, it's been really fun to, I've been exposed to real estate for my whole life, but this is my first actual project and experience doing this. And so while you are getting that crucial experience, um, I think a lot of advice that you hear parroted is make sure you have that W-2 job. And so I'll tell you a little bit about mine. It's really not that exciting. Um, it's, it's exciting. I think. You think it's exciting? Oh, thanks, it, Levi. <laughs> or you make it sound exciting anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll try this. I'll jazz it up a little bit. But I am the head of sales for a uh, consumer goods aggregator. So I've worked in CPG sales, which stands for consumer packaged goods sales. And effectively what I do is I take products and I sell them into all of the retailers that you shop at. So Target, Walmart, Kroger, Costco, uh, Rite Aid, Walgreens, CVS. These are just some of the accounts I've called in, plus all of the small kind of local guys here in Southern California, like Gelson's or Bristol Farms or um, 
I mean, shoot, even Ralph's um, I've done a little business with. Uh, part Al- of Kroger. Albertsons at all? No, I've done a little <laughs> bit. I've worked with Safeway Albertsons before. But yeah, literally every, if you think of any retailer in the country, I probably know who they are and I probably have sold something to them in the past. So that's what I do um, right now. The company is called Branded and it, it's an aggregator, which is a really interesting company model. What they do is they aggregate brands. So they buy a bunch of brands and they roll them up on under one single company. And this is the same structure that a company like Procter and Gamble or Unilever or PepsiCo or some of these big, big companies. It's the same, it's modeled off of that, but we're doing it on a small, um, smaller scale and for early stage brands. And so where I come in and kind of where I've cut my teeth and carved out my background is helping brands jump from the digital side. So uh, just being online, sold online in like e-com channels. So direct to consumer as well as through Amazon and helping those brands make the jump into offline retail. And so that's the Walmarts, the Targets, the Kroger's of the world. So um, before that, I was at Dr. Squatch. That's kind of where I cut my teeth. If uh, if anyone knows Dr. Squatch, I bet you're going to get a targeted ad for... uh, Especially after this this podcast episode. But Dr. Squatch is a just big, giant D2C brand which sells... uh, natural soap for men yeah, and i think uh, all the guys have gotten that yeah, ad at some point yeah uh, i'm sure we we're, we're all targeted for it and so <laughs> if you're not you sh- you soon will be but it's a uh again that was kind of my claim to fame was taking that brand and launching them nationwide in walmart so so yeah that's the w2 side i do real estate i do um i do that i also have started working on a little consulting thing which is like so new and it's probably actually not worth mentioning but i want to be a consultant of uh probably down the road of um you know kind of helping take the learnings that i've gathered throughout my career and helping brands do that so just kind of doing the same thing i've been doing from a job perspective uh but just doing it for myself so still pretty early stages uh but i i have a email in the domain bot it's called omni channel ventures so All i right. have the name Be on the lookout yeah it's on the lookout it's on the come up guys so when, when we come back levi and have a follow-up <laughs> chat we'll uh hopefully have some more progress there but awesome yeah that's awesome, me awesome you broke that down beautifully um, besides running, because you're a huge <laughs> runner, and if you've seen this guy's feed on Instagram, you know he's he does hikes, he does yeah. like long distance running. Well, what else do you like to do on your spare time? Oh man, well, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I'm a big, I'm a man of many passions. Let's say so. Um, in my spare time. Most of it is consumed by um, exercise of some court. So I'm I'm an athlete and I can get into kind of that background a little bit. I know we have some questions on like on background, but it was athlete growing up. Um, and I've kind of continued that. So big runner, love getting outside, just spending time outdoors. Um, I was telling my wife this morning that I think L.A. is probably one of the best places to live outside um, or to well, yeah, I guess you kind of do live outside here, but to spend, if you like being outside a lot, LA is probably the best place you could, you could be to, to experience that in the country. So, yeah. um, you love being it. out in nature. The accessibility to it is unreal here. I'm about 30 minutes from a national forest. And so you can just be out from the middle of the city to a wilderness environment. So it's, it's really cool. So love spending time out there. Um, other things I like doing, um, I, I churn credit cards. So if anyone wants to talk to me about credit 
card churning uh, that's opening multiple credit cards for the purpose of getting the sign-up bonus. I also um, well, I like baking a lot. I enjoy yoga. Baking? Um, I actually didn't know that. You know baking? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm a big sourdough baker. I just haven't been. I'll make you some bread next time, Levi. All right. I'll bring you well, some. We're going to hold you to that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I will. I just haven't had the kitchen, and I'll explain why. I haven't had the kitchen to really <laughs> to cook it in um, these last few months. But um, yeah, so enjoy baking. Cooking is another deep passion, just food in general. I love to cook. Um. I guess this is a hobby, meditating. I probably meditate like 30 to 45 minutes a day these days. So that's like a good chunk of time when you think about it on like a on a time basis. So definitely have a good, good passion there. And then more recently, I've been writing a lot. So a big writer, um, enjoy, that's how I structure and formulate my thoughts besides speaking them. And so, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Lots of passions, they change Every month, every year, I feel like. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love learning and doing new things. So. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. Now that we've gone to know you a little better. Yeah. Let's jump into SB9. Tell us what were those first days of, well, first of all, when you found out what it was. Yeah. And then also take us into the first maybe couple of weeks, couple of months sure. of the actual. Of the Rhino? Yeah. What that's like, sure. Because Levi, Levi like. and I didn't meet until until after most of the the, the grunt work had been done. But um, so I'll start yeah. at the beginning. We I heard about SB nine. I'd been following it pretty much when I started looking for a house, which was a little. We closed on the house on in December of twenty twenty one. So we started looking uh, just a few months before. We found it really fast in September of twenty one. So it took about two months, uh, start to finish, to when we started looking to have a uh, confirmed offer on the books. So um, heard about it then. And it passed right as we were starting to make offers on houses. And so literally it was, it was so serendipitous. I like this concept of serendipity. It's very serendipitous that as we found this property that we currently have, we SB9 had passed. And as it so happened, the only it was a really weird property. It was kind of set up and configured super strange. And the best use case that we could think of was making it into a duplex and then building another unit on it. It's just the only thing that made sense for that property. And that's what we did. That's pretty much what we're, we're planning to do. And so worked out really well. Um, I, the thing that was kind of spooky about it is we had no idea what implementation would look like or how easy it would be or really anything about the process because it was brand new. We just absolutely full sended it. We just took it and decided to just like, you know what, let's just give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. I bet there'll be a lot of learnings. And, and this name, this name SB nine LA kind of just came to me all of a sudden, like, like a vision, if you will, it was actually while I was running is I was thinking of really descriptive things I could do. I'm like, wait, I'm probably one of the first SB9 guys in LA, SB9 LA, and just keep it nice and simple. And so that's kind of where where that came from. And the beginning of the project, so I came up with the idea of SB9 LA right before we moved in. And the idea there was just to document, just kind of share the journey, the learnings, the kind of experiences, how Levi and I I think actually met was through through this Instagram account I created. 
and just start to become a bigger part of the real estate investing community here in LA. And it's a big community. It's wonderful. And as I'm sure you can attest to Levi, the people in this space are, are just awesome. So, um, so I started and I remember this moment so vividly. It was like this big rush to get things moved in. We moved from Santa Monica, so pretty nice, ritzy neighborhood, <laughs> to this hoarder house. I don't think I've shared the condition of the house, everyone. It was a hoarder house with um, years of deferred maintenance. The family had owned it for 50 years. And pretty much everything that you could think of with the house needed to be fixed. So foundation, um, plumbing, electrical, all of the interiors, moving movement of walls, removing of a staircase, new floor joists, um, new roof, new exterior, new windows, two new kitchens because again we're turning into a duplex. All of the finishing throughout. So we had to learn right on the fly of not only how to apply SB nine, but also how to build a house. So we had never done that. And I remember this overwhelming feeling of getting our whole home packed up. We had to be super organized with the with the move because some things were going in the storage. They were still in storage in our in our house, and some things were going to get unpacked right away. And I remember getting kind of unpacked. The movers had left. I was sitting there on the balcony, and I had popped some champagne. It was really nice champagne. It was some Krug that we got in as a gift. And I thought it was this happy, exciting, victorious moment. I'm like we did it. We're in the house. And I sat there with my wife and she just started crying of just, yeah, it was, it was not, not, not what we, not what I wanted to see, of course. And I felt so bad and she just started crying because it was horrible. The house is horrible. Yeah. You, I mean the, the worst thing, I'll give you a specific example. The worst thing about this house was when we flushed the toilet, the sewer line was backed up and it would spew out of the, the sewer, like blowout like thing uh, in the backyard. Oh. And my dog, and I, I only found that because my dog was sniffing at the raw sewage that was sitting on our, in our yard. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And our crew <laughs> hadn't started work yet. So that's what we lived in for, for a week and just kind of nothing worked. The, the toilet wouldn't flush. The kitchen sink wouldn't drain. Oh and we just had to start fixing it. And so my wife just is someone who values her space a lot and really likes a pristine and kind of a nice, very zen environment to come home to. And this was the opposite of that. And so I, I can't believe the ringer I put her through. This is why I love her to death. <laughs> and she let me do this. So thank you, L. Shout out to L. Thank you, for L. letting him do this. Um, but she started crying. And all I could really do was just reassure, like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I actually promised something specific. Um, I was like, I will do all of the dishes in this house because they <laughs> No dishwasher. We don't like, she doesn't like doing the dishes. So I promise to do all of the dishes from that point forward until we have a dishwasher. (laughs) And I abided by that rule. I did all of the dishes. It was no fun, but you know what? The little things we do for our loved ones. So it was intense to say the least. Um, But about a week after we moved in, our crew started work. And so things that were broken, the really, really big quality of life things immediately got fixed and yeah, we were like just toilets, able to shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of that started working and was roughly working before, but, uh, the, yeah, we just started fixing the house and 
that's kind of been what we've been doing for a year, Levi. It's been a year. At the time of this recording, it's, what is it, today, December 29th? Yeah. It was almost a year ago. Almost, uh, uh, we'll have, from when we started work to when we'll finish, it will have been one year. Exactly. So, yeah. um, almost exactly. And so, we were not quite moved in. We were getting ready for the move about this time a year ago. And so, looking back at everything that's happened in the span of a year, it's just incredible to see the journey. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. it's been it's been quite the learning experience, that's for sure. Oh, I bet. Quite a bit learned, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping, if anything, you know, this project has brought you guys closer because you've yeah you've had to to go through these trials, you know, <laughs> together. So definitely, I think we're in a lot of ways our relationship has never been better. So my wife, she wasn't my wife actually before this; she was my fiance. So we just got married in the midst of this project, which was really exciting. So we got a nice little break, and um, and yeah, and and again, I think for the group, um. Elle is my designer, so she's a critical part of this entire project. I could have probably designed the house and chosen the finishes and the tile and the grout and all those little things, but my wife is actually really good at that. She works for an interior designer and so has a really good, worked in fashion, has a really good design eye, and I think you'll see that as we start to kind of share the finished product uh, more and more. And I mean, Levi, you've just seen the downstairs. What do you think of the design, man? Yeah. Look? It's looking really good. Looks good. I appreciate that. You know, some update video as well. Uh, It's, yeah, it really looks like you guys are on the final stretch. Yeah. You know, final details to to have it completed. And I, uh, for one, am super excited to see it. Thanks, man. And completion. Yeah. And I'm also excited for the uh, meetup that we plan to do. We're doing a meetup. Yeah, to anyone listening, Levi and I are going to host a meetup at my project and we're working i think we just need one more speaker i think we have yeah we have one confirmed um but it should be a really really cool experience to just kind of get some some real estate heavy hitters in the room i want it to be a very positive event because a lot of um real estate meetups have been a lot of like lessons learned and keep watch outs for the recession. And I want this to be kind of a, you know what, there's a ton of opportunity out there and this is what I did. And I did this throughout a recession, which is what we're currently in. And the reason I love spending time with Levi is Levi is a really positive dude, (laughs) real, real good uh, head on his shoulders, always optimistic and not everybody is like that, Levi. And so yeah. we're, that's going to be kind of the blessed, theme girls, of the event. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in LA, um, sometime in January, we actually probably need to announce it formally. We are going to have a real estate meetup um, in El Sereno, Los Angeles. And we'd love to have you there. So more to come. More yeah. to come. Be on the lookout. We'll yeah. definitely uh, announce that pretty soon. Make sure to be following us. We'll have our IG handles in the description. Yep. And, uh, yeah. All right, man. So you told us a little bit about the early days of the project and all the struggles and trials that came with it. Would you be able to tell us now, like one of the very sour stories, Ooh, something that you were just like, man, this is just sour story. I got a real good one for you guys. So we, we, uh, we shared, um, So in my career, what I specialize in is working for early stage startups. So I work for really small companies and I actually switched jobs in the middle of this. So I switched before the job that I'm currently at. So I switched jobs 
went to this this sketchy company. I won't even name them. This sketchy place. I was there for we'll, four we'll weeks. It out. No, I'm yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was there for four weeks, and four weeks later, I got fired. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, and this was in the midst of you know I have to pay my mortgage, have to pay my crew. Um, and this was due, I guess it was a late, I don't even know what it was, but I was no longer working. Um, so it was kind of a, oh, shoot moment. No swearing allowed <laughs> on this podcast. Um, like, holy crap moment of, we just got to figure this thing out. And I think it was actually in a lot of ways, a blessing in disguise because it led me to my current job, which is a vastly better fit. Um, higher compensation, so it pays more. Literally, I think, you know, if you factor in the the time lost, I still made more this year because um, I was only out for about four weeks before I started the new job. Um, so, but during that time, it was just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like, what? How do I move forward? And so, you know, I think something I've gotten pretty good at, and sport has taught me, is just to be calm under pressure. Like, just keep moving forward, keep kind of going. And so in the middle of this, we were at a really intense period of the project. We were having to finish um, our downstairs unit so that we could move into it so that they could start all of the work on the upstairs unit and just get everything working on up there. So really, really intense period. We were moving again. So we were moving all of our stuff from the upstairs to the downstairs. We were painting, doing all of this work. And so we just kind of poured ourselves into getting that portion of the project done and then i just started you know things that you can control just started applying for jobs like literally i think that next day i was like applying for jobs and i didn't even apply for that many jobs maybe 30 jobs and i had a ton like you know i'm not going to toot my own horn but i have a pretty well-defined niche within my career and was able to get back on my feet really really quickly um find a new job better job and you know the rest is history so to speak so really happy with where I'm at, they know and are supportive of even this, like SB9 LA, of like the stuff that I'm working on. And it's been cool to, uh, yeah, to, to go down that journey and just kind of, um, you know, just find a better fit. And so, you know, definitely a sour moment getting fired. It's no fun. It's def. I think this is very common as well in my industry is getting, getting canned a lot. So it's it's actually not the first time. Um, sales is a brutal savage industry. So just be prepared to any, anyone who's interested in sales. It's not for the thin skinned. So, okay. Yeah. Not for the lighthearted. No, no, you gotta be tough, but it's fun. I like it. All right. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And um well, how about the opposite of the coin then? What would be what would be a a sour I'm sorry, not a sour, a sweet story now. Whether that be, you know, with your current job or with SB nine, you know, LA, um, or even uh I don't know, what's what's something that in the past year you would say is your sweet story? It's hard to come with a specific story so i'll just kind of share because i feel like like i i i shared one outcome from my sour story of like the outcome was i found a new job so that's kind of the sweet side i think to any negative scenario there's always going to be an inverse to that a positive something that you learn from it maybe and so from that job from that experience i think i learned you gotta vet your jobs a lot more carefully than what i've done maybe in the past and be careful where you spend your effort how you spend your energy and your time 
And so I will, I'll just kind of describe some of the sweet things that have cumulatively happened, I think, over pretty much from me starting that job until now. So I started this new job, great fit. I'm just, I'm, I won't go into too many specifics, but just doing really well in that role. Definitely kind of finding, hitting my stride and have a lot of support and a lot of trust from our, our leadership team and getting the right exposure. So it's been really fun to be in an environment like that. And then simultaneously, um, finishing the house. And so the house is probably 95% complete at this time, at this, this time right now, but just watching the house get successively, like successively more and more complete. So stuff like finishing the roof, finishing the exterior stucco, finishing the, um, interior drywall, finishing the paint, getting the floors in all of those things, those cumulative experiences, I consider sweet moments. And so, and they're going to culminate in this house being done and rented as and we can, I could share kind of the rental strategy and, and expansion strategy of SB9 LA a little bit later. But all of those things were just sweet moments. Other sweet moments, got a new car. So, you know, I'm not buying a new car is the dumbest thing, guys. Don't ever do it. <laughs> Don't be like me. But I promised my wife that we could inflate our life a little bit after we complete this project. And so we did that. We bought a brand new uh, Tesla Model Y, like everyone else in California. So that's a sweet moment. <laughs> uh, we got married. We went to Tuscany and got married in Italy. So another really sweet mo- uh, moment. Got a honeymoon there. Beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen some I've of seen them. Some. Thanks, thanks, Levi. And you know, I think like life has just been on a general upswing. I think ever since that really sour moment. So it's hard to give a specific like, oh, this is this is one thing that went well. I just have so many things to be grateful for right now in my life, and I am, I am for them. For even you know this conversation we're having right now, Levi. It's it's incredible to meet people and have conversations with them. And just kind of connect with them and get to know them a little bit more. So, so anyway, I hope that's not too wishy-washy of an answer. No, that's a great <laughs> answer because yeah, you've touched on gratitude, which we've talked about in a previous yeah. episode on the show and yeah. how it really does help you towards whatever dream Completely. you have or whatever plan project, Completely. whatever it is, because it helps you stay positive yeah. and just focus on what you can do to, to move focus forward. on what you can control. You yeah. know, I always love that. And I feel like that's something that you do Levi And I always just like look up to you in that way as you're an extremely optimistic and positive guy. And I think a big way that you can kind of cultivate that scent, that optimism is through expressing gratitude. And it's like, I mean, I, I think you've done the same content angle is I've, I've experimented on reels with this a little bit is I just, I'm in a beautiful view and I just shoot a quick little view of like that view and I say something I'm grateful for in that very moment. And so there's things that you can be grateful for constantly in every moment. And th- that 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 is an important feeling I think you cultivate a lot in meditation, which I, I shared is something important to me. We can talk about that if you think that's useful. But um but yeah, there's a lot, a lot that can be said about the power of gratitude. So yeah, hundred percent. And then earlier too, you mentioned how, oh, you were starting to talk about a little bit of your background and you know where you grew up and yeah, this is actually something that I've done twice. Okay, already it's twice. a mistake. Okay, as a host, uh, in the previous podcast, I completely skimmed over because <laughs> I, I like to go, you know, full on the the guests and you yeah, know, I took over. To. Oh no, 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 it was my fault. No. I forgot to bring up to ask you about like. 
your upbringing and like where you yeah. come from and things like that. Yeah. Let's touch a little bit on that before we, uh, I'll be quick. Cause I actually think my upbringing is pretty innocuous and very, um, I don't want to say boring, but I grew up in a suburb of the Seattle, Washington. Oh yeah. That's terrible. Let's yeah. Just cut yeah. This whole, out. Yeah. We can just ignore it now. <laughs> just I grew kidding. up in a suburb of Seattle, Washington, to a loving family. I have two brothers, two parents, um, great childhood overall, you know, really, um, nothing I can really complain about. Um, I, I had my parents really enabled me to pursue my passions, which I think is, is what kind of has let me had some of the success I've had today. So thank you, mom and dad. I appreciate that immensely. Um, so yeah, not, not too exciting. I would say of a childhood, the one passion I would say that like really carried over and I've cultivated is that of sport. And I touched on that. So my athletic background definitely is what made me who I am today. And I cult- I, I really kind of honed that through the sport of rowing. So if you know, rowing, it's kind of like a rich white kid sport. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and I am actually neither. Um, so it was, it was a cool program, uh, that a little club program that I went to and I learned how to row and I just learned I was kind of good at it. I'd never been good at something that to that degree ever before. And the thing I liked about rowing is it's directly proportional. The output that you get from that sport is directly proportional to the amount of work that you put in. It's literally a sport that's based upon how much you can outwork the guy next to you. And Mm. so it's a sport of extreme hustle and perseverance. And so I learned a lot from that. Um, That led me to four years of college athletic experience, which kind of helps, you know, formulate some of my athletic background um and it even culminated in me representing the united states at the u.s world championships or not the u.s world i represented the u.s at the world championships so very cool um was a national team member at 19 um really forced me to kind of mature really quickly because i was a kid i was 19 (laughs) and i was around dudes literally my age right now which is 29 so it was a eye-opening experience to say the least um i briefly thought i was going to make an olympic push and try to go for like rio or tokyo really glad i didn't and and decided to do other things with my life but learned a lot you know learned a lot um and sport taught me a lot those those lessons of of hustle and perseverance and being positive and working hard and like all of these, these things, which, which, uh, Oh, consistency. That's a big one. So be consistent. Um, consistency of effort is probably my, one of my greatest strengths is I can just do a thing repeatedly for years (laughs) until, uh, you get the desired impact. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people I know struggle with and something I've, I've, hone just through sport so i know i struggle with that yeah yeah it's hard and i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm perfect but i'm so bad at so many things so (laughs) um consistency of things that i care about i'll say i'll I'll caveat with that stuff i care about i can be remarkably consistent on so there you go awesome yeah that's a good uh recap i guess you could say of your your upbringing yep, and kind of where this drive comes from. Yeah, that, I get that a lot. See, see how that question is important, like at the beginning. Yeah, where is that drive <laughs> come from? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, but thank you for sharing that. And um, 
So yeah, if anyone wants to go ahead and follow your journey on SB9, yeah, where can they find you? Where can they find SB9 LA? Well, uh, it's very simple. Um, I'm on Instagram at SB9LA. So Senate Bill 9, SB9LA. Very, very simple. Um, that is, you know, I'm, I'm evolving that channel, trying to, I'll, I'll, I'm, I haven't had the bandwidth to really kind of focus on growing it. And I, I think Levi here is going to have a part, part in that here in the, in the new year, but uh, really focused on kind of growing the community and just connecting with other investors there. Um, if you're interested in my career side, I've been creating and scaling content a lot on LinkedIn. And so you can find me at LinkedIn. My name is just Martin Ford. That's F-O-R-D-E. There's an E at the end. So it's like a car, like the Ford car, but with an E. Um, follow me there. Um, I'm posting like daily, just kind of general industry tips. If you're not in CPG sales, it might not be very relevant. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's it's been a fun, that's a cool um yeah, cool channel. A lot of uh, I've actually gotten more engagement and more virality from the reach on LinkedIn is much greater than the reach on on Instagram, which is interesting. So the algorithm's different. Yeah, um, I think so. Last social, I guess I'll plug my Twitter. I have zero Dude. followers. Marty sure. Ford. Let's again. get this guy some yeah, followers yeah. on Twitter. I'm, I'm I'm gonna hop on the Twitter sphere this year. Um, so if anyone tweets a tweet, you can find me on Twitter at Marty Ford, cause that's a good handle. So, like <laughs> but that. that's, uh, that's it. So okay, that's all, all I got. I'm not on TikTok yet. So maybe one day we'll, we'll get you on there. Yeah, we'll mind. see. We'll see. <laughs> all right, man. It's been awesome having you on the show. I appreciate it, Levi. Thank you so much for sharing your story, part of your journey. Yeah. It's been real fun. Um, we'll have to do it again definitely part two part two we could touch on maybe the power of journal journaling Ooh. i think we've talked we talk a lot about yeah that yeah guys start journaling if you don't journaling is there's i feel like we could just have like a life one less focused on real estate and maybe we'll dabble in some of that but exactly. uh no that would be real fun man so yeah. thanks for having me levi it was a blast speaking with you and to the raspberry lemonade guests um see you guys next time there you go audience out there whether you're watching or listening today thank you so much for joining us this has been another episode of raspberry lemonade with martin ford today we've got some amazing guests coming up so please please subscribe to the show if you haven't already give us a like on whatever platform you're listening to yeah give us a genuine review we'd love to get some feedback as well so please like comment subscribe all that good jazz. And yeah, we're out of here. Thank you so much. Thanks, all. This has been a Red Bird Studio Productions. Hope you've enjoyed the program.